How are you? I'm doing okay. I'm I'm holding it down, you know. I'm I'm not sure that I am, but it's fine. It's okay. <laughs> but either way, you're okay. I'm it's kind fine. of excited to talk about this movie today. Okay. Um, despite this... all my yeah, no, go ahead. Lay it on me. <laughs> I was just... Listen, it's your birthday. You'll cry if you want to. And I, it's a fun movie. It is weird. So weird. Like, I, in my memory, it's just like a 2000s, early 2000s slasher movie, but it's a really intense body horror movie that it's just, like, so strange. If you step back and you're like, oh, it's just bizarre. Also, the treatment of, like, twins is, um, I'm like, what What do you have against twins, I'm sir? really stupid, so... Jamais collet. Jamais collet, Sarah. Uh, I'm really <laughs> stupid, so I've seen this movie a bunch of times, and I didn't realize that there was, like, a twin dynamic. <laughs> I knew Vincent and Bo were twins, but it didn't occur to me that Carly and Nick were, like, the good twins, you know, vanquishing the bad twins until I tried to be like a scholarly person that uses their brain stem and then I was like whoa dude <laughs> they really only say it once it's like one throwaway line um said like, by Chad I'm Michael a bad twin yeah. Uh, yeah so this is the spooky succubus <sighs> cast uh I'm Abby I'm here with Rebecca, Rebecca. That's, that's my name uh and today we're talking about 2005's House of Wax um the thing that you need to know right now is don't come into our comments saying anything bad about Paris Hilton because she is our <laughs> queen. I obviously got a little obsessed with her on Instagram this week. Uh, but I'm going to say bad stuff about Paris Hilton. You don't have to, but. Dude, she got so like, want... abused at a reform school in Colorado or some shit. Have you seen This is Paris? I've never seen Me this neither, Paris. but I heard about Listen, it. Listen, <laughs> I'm not going to say any, you know, whatever. Maybe I won't say anything bad about Paris Hilton, except for that rich people suck. I'm still for it. Rich people are terrible. Materialism, consumerism is a bunch of bullshit. And she's, like, kind of the epitome of that. But also, like, I appreciate a woman wielding her sexuality the way that she But pleases, also, but. she, yeah, she's been sexualized from a young age. Her shitty ex-boyfriend leaked their sex tape. And she's always been this, like, poster child for... This, like, blonde bombshell getting um, photographed by David LaChapelle when she's really young. Just, like, I think that she's a complicated figure. And she basically invented Kim Kardashian. She has contributed to the culture. See, we have her to blame for that. Like, I don't, I don't know. Is, I, I mean, whatever. I just hate rich people. That's it at the end of the day. It's like, I just don't. I have no respect for people with a lot of money. I struggle with the Kardashians. This is not a Kardashian or a Kardashian adjacent <laughs> podcast, but um, I'm an Armenian American and they're my only cultural touchstones like in mm-hmm. popular culture. They're like the only people that <laughs> I want to say look like me, but like they if I um, were rich or they were really poor, they would look like me. Like, (laughs) but they have, like, the same skin tone. They have, um, like, a cultural heritage based in Armenia. And people don't really know about Armenia in the United States outside of the diaspora. So, in that way, I have a special place in my heart for them. But eat the rich. They're complete trash. Yeah. They're garbage. Yeah. But that's and I mean, not she's what we're here to talk about. And I mean, built a career on appropriating black culture. So, there's that. It's true. And the weirdest thing is, like... 
I, as an Armenian-American woman, I don't completely identify as white. I'm white passing and I experience white privilege. Um, but Armenians are complicated because they're Eurasian, but they're also super adjacent to the Middle East and derive a lot of traditions from the Middle East. So it's a super complicated relationship to race. But the worst thing you could do when you're experiencing like a cultural crisis living in the diaspora and struggling with your place in the racial makeup of America is just go straight to appropriation of black culture. Like, I'm like, why? Right. Yeah. Let's skip over, like, okay, I'm, I know I'm not white, so, like, maybe I can steal all of these these touchstones from somebody else. But uh, it's also so. completely skewed the kind of, like, public um, understanding of the Kardashians as white or women of color because it's like, okay, they're definitely white women appropriating black culture. But if you can't really push back on that and say, well, they're not white women because they're acting like the worst kind of white women. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You guys, I don't know. There's a lot. If you have thoughts, let us know. There's a lot happening. And if you're Armenian, I watch the let people... me know. <gasps> yeah. Let me know too. I'd like to know. I don't I won't share anything with you, but I'll just be I'll just be like, here, let me direct you. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah, let's talk about complicated relationships to race, right? Like, what is being a Latinx person? What is being a Latina? Like, nobody fucking knows. Nobody fucking knows. Yeah. Anyway. What is the um, indi- name of the indigenous people uh, from El Salvador that your family comes from? Do you know? I honestly have no idea. It's like... I you're not have s- never been... What? Well, you're not socialized to think of... Uh, people right, from as... Central and South America as their indigenous cultural history. You think of it as like Latinx because of Spanish colonization. So then mm-hmm. there was that whole like Hilaria Baldwin thing. Did you follow that at all? <laughs> yes, I did. Like, it kind of accidentally. It's a white woman cosplaying as a different kind of white woman. But then. Yeah, she's still white. Yeah, like, what does it matter? Yeah, it's like, oh, she's pretending to be a woman of color. And I'm like, no. It's, it's because. people are white. <laughs> Yeah, Spanish people are white, and they are our colonizers. Like, they are the colonists of Central and South America. And I also am not, like, I'm not good at speaking Spanish, and I, like, didn't speak it growing up. And even though that was my father's first language, and he came to America when he was in his 20s, and... But that is also a colonist language. Like, it's not our native language of El Salvador. So, like, and even the name itself of the country was changed. And there's tons of erasure across Mexico and across Central America of, like, number one, the West African slave trade Mm -hmm. and indigenous culture. And, like, oh, yeah, all these people are, they speak Spanish. And that's all they've ever spoken. It's like, no, like, hundreds of years ago, there was huge, huge colonies. Yeah, like, tribe people, like, had connections to their tribal history, traditions, and culture. And then it's just such, like, a product of colonization and, like, imperialist settler states that they're colonized. They lose, like, touch with their culture, touch with their, like, historical languages, and then they're still othered by white Americans for, you know, being, like, foreign or different or less than, even though it's like, dude, they got colonized just like we got colonized here. 
And mm-hmm. no one, I think, has ever cracked a book, including myself. I don't know how to read. So I did do some research kind of recently into like the um, mysticism and religious practices of El Salvador and other parts of Central America. And it's really interesting. And there's like a very rich history that has mostly been destroyed and erased by Spanish colonizers. So it's really sad. And there's like very, there's like huge tablets of like their language and like the way that they like kind of their art and the way it's been interpreted. But it's so few and far between because it's like they just came in and smashed a bunch of shit up. Yeah. I need to learn to speak Armenian. But I can't even read the alphabet. When you sent me, you sent me a print. So Rebecca sent mm-hmm. me a beautiful print in Armenian, but it came in a tube like unmarked. So I was like trying to fucking figure out what the hell it said because I am stupid. Um, and thankfully, I have my sister Emma, who's a dedicated researcher and has a lot of connections within the diaspora. Because I like I can't tell you how long I was staring at like the Armenian alphabet in front of me and then being like, is that that? Is that that? Is it that? <laughs> I'm also like the worst kind of gift giver in that like my gifts will always be late. Um and they're they'll be thoughtful, but like I I just like have such a short term memory and I like have undiagnosed ADHD. And so like I was thinking I've been I was tracking the package as it was getting to you and I was like, okay, I got the link ready for the Instagram and for the artist and then I and then I like just forgot to check it for three days. The three days that it was so close to you. I did have COVID, but I was like, how fucking dumb am I? I should have just sent this to you through like on Christmas when it should have been there. Well, I love it. It's a, the an image of three Armenian women in like traditional dress, and in, on the bottom, it's translated to "We were meant to win," which is um, what Caroline, who is, if you're listening, I don't see how you would be. She's part of the Armenian Armenian cultural group that my sister's in, and that I'm kind of like half in. Uh, so she translated it for us. But it's, I guess, like a saying that's used um, often around the like art sock struggle. So I love it. Mm-hmm. I took it to Kim. Hi, Kim, if you're listening. Kim's our <laughs> framer. Uh, and you're going to love how I framed it. I'll post it as soon as I get it back. Okay. It was, yeah, and it was, it's such a like powerful and beautiful print that I really loved it. And I'm glad that you like it. I love it, and I love connecting with my Armenianness, and I love your support of me seeking out that connection. You're a thoughtful friend. Don't cry. Shucks, <laughs> I might cry. A little bit. I'm, I drunk. I had a sip of beer to um, stabilize myself to cover but. the tears. All right, so I guess we should talk about this movie. What is this a talk? Is this a podcast about friendship? Yes, friendship. The answer movies. is yes. Anti-capitalism and everything that comes in between. <laughs> so this movie I chose specifically because um, it's coming out of my birthday. So feel free to shower me with well wishes, love, and Patreon um, subscriptions. So mm-hmm. best gift ever. Yes. Uh, so I wanted to do it because I have like a part of me inside that's broken deep down. I was like, we have to. 
So <laughs> you were so I was excited like, I'm and so have this. maintained that excitement level throughout this hey, whole shout out two to, weeks. Okay, hold on. I forgot who shouted us out on Instagram, but I'm going to give them their due who diligence knew? right now. Podcast? The Weird oh. Diva Podcast and Who Knew Podcast both are mm-hmm. staunch supporters of us covering House of Wax. And we see you. Rebecca was anti, but this is my, my brainchild and we're ready to take it away. But thank you for your support. Thank you for your support. Fellow podcasters. Okay. We're getting into it. So we... uh, Finally. (laughs) It's it's the wine edition, guys. Just so you know. (laughs) Sorry. I'm one beer in. I've got another on ice. So we pan up to a waxy stove range with a pot of wax heating. That, That stove is really waxy. Like, yeah, wax everywhere. Just Get so it to where you shaking your shack. Like shaking. It made me want to um, clean my ears, but you know, <laughs> I don't think you're supposed to use Q-tips. I do anyway. I do anyway too, and it's satisfying. No one can it's tell satisfying. me differently. There was once a it was like a tweet or a meme. Like oh my god, I saw it like five years ago, and I still think about it now. It's like a good. Ear cleaning is better than bad sex, and I agree. As someone who has had a lot of bad sex, wholeheartedly, yeah, I can't concur. So yeah. the Chiron reads 1974, and we see uh, a feminine pair of hands mixing the wax. She fills a max mold, max mold, <laughs> wax mold. Okay, back it up. A mask <laughs> mold in the shape of a face with the heated wax, and then we get an aerial view of a child eating Cheerios. A man comes in with another child that's thrashing and yelling. And the father says he's really being a monster again today. There is a struggle and it escalates really quickly because they end up duct taping and belting this child into his high chair. And we see ligature marks on the child's wrist that indicate that this is a repeat experience. It's just casual child abuse. I was like, what? Yeah. (laughs) So uh, then we see the aerial shot of a highway and I think it's Lifehouse playing. I forgot to look it up, but it's like, oh, it's like no. Lifehouse I was or Switchfoot say... or one of those like, like, it was like the Creed Switchfoot. era where it was like, oh, I kind of know I'm being indoctrinated with like Christian values, but I feel like it's like that big sound where you're like, okay. <laughs> yeah. It's the same with, oh shit, what is that band? And I'm never going to think about it, but I really like them and I know that they're sort of Christian or Christian adjacent and I still really like their songs, so... No Whoops. shame in your game. I don't believe in like guilty pleasures. I'm just like we're all a web yeah, of trash. Yeah, I like trash. garbage. Yeah. <laughs> so I have terrible taste. I've said it before. I'll say it again. All right. So um, the Chiron now reads present day, aka 2005. If you aren't sure if it's 2005, you can tell by the absolutely atrocious outfit that Carly is wearing. Have you noticed it? It's like a sparkly what, the sweater. It's like a sparkly cupcake skirt that, you know, those like, oh. kind of, like, pleated skirts that yeah. were really big in the 2000s. And it's sparkly <sighs> red and she's wearing it over jeans. I was triggered, I, frankly. There was a time, kids, Gen Zers who are all listening. I know you're all listening. Uh, I that looked we at our wore stats dresses. and people between 18 and 24 do listen to this podcast. God, what are you doing here? Let a grandma tell you. We used to wear dresses and skirts over jeans for inexplicable reasons. Like, there was no reason to do it. And pointy-ass shoes. 
Oh my God, the pointy ass shoes. I often say if you're looking for a really great example of the worst kind of early 2000s fashion, Mean Girls is like a perfect time capsule of the worst yeah. things that we used to wear. Um, it's troubling. Yeah. It's bad. And those skirts that were so flappy, like you could see, no no matter what body type was wearing them, you could see their underwear at some point. Remember in they day. were like, like, they were like a tube top with just like a frilly flappy base. kind of like base attached yeah it was like napkins and tissue paper had a baby and they made this dress it was horrible it was so bad i'm crying <laughs> okay oh so um paris hilton whose character's name is Paige, and carly played by alicia cuthbert are eating a at a diner and they're just munching on some french fries and talking about carly <laughs> the fashion icon uh, having an upcoming internship at InStyle magazine and her thirsty... Little do they know. Yeah, you Pride might not make it. dead. <laughs> and InStyle is <laughs> probably problematic and fatphobic, but don't quote me on that. Definitely is, I think. Or uh, was, maybe. Yeah, maybe they're gone. Uh, <laughs> just a pause to reflect. <laughs> so Carly has a very thirsty boyfriend named Wade, who is played by Jared Padalecki from Gilmore Girls. Paladecki? Paladalecki? So he's played, um, or he plays I never Dean? watch Gilmore Girls. I don't no, know why. Girls, I so I just kept writing down Dean the whole time. That show was bad, too. <laughs> I was too busy watching Felicity, um... I think that you were right, but we can get into that on a bonus episode. I love it. I love Felicity. I don't get it either. Your obsession with Felicity, like, yeah, just does not compute. Uh, Felicity is perfect. I just want to say it's, like, such a good show. They had, a like, a gay wedding and like, it was, like, what, 2001? Like, 1997. Yeah. yeah. It was back in the day. early, yeah. So, okay, where are we at here? Joshua, what's his name? I don't think that's anyone's name in this movie. Jared, that's what she said. Jared. So Wade, the boyfriend, is annoyed that um, Carly's brother is along for the trip, and he sets up Nick, the brother, as being a bad boy by saying, I thought your parents weren't posting his bail anymore. Carly says they didn't, but Blake, another friend, did and invited him along. Paris Page Hilton goes out to the car to see Blake, and he says he found a shortcut on the GPS that should save an hour. Carly's hooligan brother Nick and his friend Dylan, a.k.a. Dalton, I kept saying Dylan, that's just the way life goes sometimes, <laughs> um, come out of the like truck stop, and he's filming everything, and he's pretty pervy. It's not worth mentioning. Really, the camera basically is a completely useless plot device that takes us nowhere. It was, yeah, it was just like, you know, in 2005, we had handheld recorders, like, and it was the newest technology. I didn't get it. I, I didn't. It is very, very fresh, <laughs> fresh tech, if you will. So the caravan takes off. Uh, they're heading to a college football game in Baton Rouge. Someone with more knowledge of football probably knows what team that is, but that's not the kind of podcast this I is. I don't, yeah. Dalton and Nick are razzing wade uh who probably deserves it they're calling him like a hick and saying his car is stupid etc they say he has a human haircut which he does he does have a human <laughs> haircut. Yeah. it's so bad <laughs> the cars uh slow down they hit a roadblock because they have to detour it appears that the shortcut was a dud 
Um, so they pull up, uh, excuse me, Wade and Carly pull up next to Blake and Paige, and it looks like Paige is giving Blake some roadhead. So we're like, oh, okay, got it. She's the slut. So we have our slut. In case you didn't know can already. Check that box. The way they're driving is so dangerous. I like, I was so distracted by, like, I didn't even care about it's the roadhead. I'm like, like, don't drive next to each other on a two way. They pull up next to each other, but then uh, they have cell phones anyway, so they end up on a phone call at the end of the day. And I'm like, maybe the first step was the phone call. I'm not sure. I'm not here to tell them how to drive. I am, and don't drive like that. I don't. Drive behind them at a reasonable speed. I don't think I've ever been in a car with you driving. Are you a good driver? I am an overly cautious driver. Driving gives me a lot of anxiety. Caesar will know because I make a lot of gasping noises and I like sort of hunker down and like feel the anxiety. Um, I hate it. So I drove my friend and our Patreon subscriber Jocelyn home <laughs> once and she said, you're a real Boston driver, which is a way of saying I don't feel safe. You <laughs> weave in out of, of traffic and like maybe don't respect stop signs. I respect stop signs, but at a certain point, you just have to take a left. Nobody's going to let you take a left into traffic. You just have to make it happen. That's me there for like a solid two minutes. Like, okay, can I go? Can You're I go? Like, can I? I, guess I, I um, now. Yeah, this is it. This is where I, I end. But it's fine. So uh, the gang, the Scooby gang, decides to camp out. As they pull off, we see a sign for Trudy's world famous House of Wax. And we're like, huh. Where do we know wax from in this movie? (laughs) As they unload, Carly pulls Paige aside and they discuss her potential pregnancy. So that's a checkpoint part two for the slut. She's got the velour tracksuit, the roadhead, and the potential pregnancy. So she is checking all our boxes. It served no purpose. I was like, what is this? It's she they barely give her any character at all. Like, why does she have to maybe be pregnant? I don't get it. She has basically no screen time, and it only serves to either be worried about being pregnant uh, or be, like... Strip-teasing. Strip-teasing and having, like, a very long period of foreplay that goes nowhere with uh-huh. Blake. It's, like, 45 And he's minutes. like, wait, let me get the music going. Yeah, but we'll get to that. We'll get to it. <laughs> uh, so... She says she'll tell Blake about the pregnancy after the game, and Carly comments on how Blake's parents won't let him marry her. Another throwaway comment that doesn't need to be there because I'm like, she's white. Because I get it. Is it like a race relations thing? Because if yeah, if that's the situation, (laughs) that's something that is not worth bringing into this particular narrative because it doesn't get explored any further. Yeah. Okay, where are we at? And she's like, I don't want to marry him. And like, whatever, don't worry about it. It's my pregnancy. I'm going to get an abortion and not tell you because you're not that kind of friend who's going to drive me to the clinic. Yeah, shit. Yeah. So the bros are doing some bro stuff. Uh, Wade and Nick are being really passive aggressive towards each other because they both want to fuck Carly. Uh, Carly sends Wade away when uh, he is like, spatting with Nick and she says hey can you stop being a dick to Wade it's not his fault uh and we get a like pretty tenuous empty setup of Nick being like a bad boy who lost his football scholarship and stole a car because he's got a good arm oh so cheesy he also says my favorite line of like the way the delivery it's not even a good line it's just the delivery of don't you get it you're the good twin and I'm the evil one (laughs) 
I was like, wow, that doesn't feel intentionally placed at all. Okay, Chad, <laughs> chill. So we've got a very uh, tenuous, um, not that interesting, good, bad binary setup, uh, and we've got some twin backstory. We got the groundwork for every, twin stuff. Every horror movie is already good, bad binary. Like, you don't have to, like, further just, like, fucking punch it in yeah Rebecca but it's not good twins versus bad twins okay right this is a whole new yeah okay so the wind comes through the trees and they smell something gross uh and then Wade's like something's dead out there and then Blake says something's dead right here and they party and then (laughs) Dalton is filming and he has a pretty weird obsession with our virgin slash final girl Carly he's like panning it on her face really closely it's also not really a relevant thing to the plot because, like, Carly and Nick are obviously going to fuck right after they escape the wax museum. Ooh, it's, it's some flowers in the attic shit. It's so incestuous. <laughs> like, the way that they look each- at each other is creepy and gross and uh, gross. And I hate it. They have a lot of chemistry. It's yeah. uh, Jamie and Cersei all over again. Ooh, you know how I love to talk about that. Um... <laughs> What movie did we cover recently where the, like, protagonists had, like, no sexual chemistry and it was just hard to watch them? What do we even do here? I don't even remember what podcast this is. What'd we do before? American Psycho? No. What was after American Psycho? The Strangers! They had no oh, sexual yeah, chemistry. Oh, yeah, <laughs> Which is weird because Scott Speedman just exudes, like, a... They're both really hot. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of uh, well, Carly and Paige, or excuse me, Carly and Wade have all the sexual tension and chemistry that we don't see in the strangers. So mm-hmm. thank God it's getting hot and heavy. I need it. <laughs> Too bad so their brother mystery... and sister. Gross. Whatever. I don't know. I'm not going to kink shame anybody. We're not here to talk Whatever. about incest. We have spent enough airtime on incest on this podcast. It's true. As it is. Later on. And another scene, I'm going to bring it up again. It's because it's I know very exactly palpable. What you're about. Yeah. Why are you so? I'm upset. Stubborn. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, just make out. I'll watch. Don't get away from her face. Why are you so close to her face? God. So a mystery truck pulls up at the campsite and shines their headlights on the camp. We see the driver's wrist hanging out of the driver's side window, and they have the scars and ligature marks uh, indicating that it's the twin from earlier in the movie. They ask what he wants, and he doesn't respond, so eventually Nick very um, logically and clear-headedly tosses a bottle at one of the headlights. It blows out, and the truck retreats. So we cut to a quiet campsite with a camera panning over all of the tents, and we see that Dalton is sleeping, so it can't be him behind the camera. Uh, The camera zooms in on Carly's face right before she wakes up. Everyone is obsessed with this girl. Seriously. she's 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 cute. Fine, yeah. She's a career woman. Why are they sleeping in their tents with the screens open? Close them. That that keeps the bugs out, know. number one. Number two, like... I have to say, if my campsite had a foul smell, I would be like, should we go somewhere else? Yeah, it didn't seem that late. They're clearly not, like, sleepy, so you just continue driving. Or you could find a fucking Motel 6, which must be close by. Like, it's not... And there's no wax murderers there yeah and you wouldn't like axe murder wax wax murder murder. yeah 
Clever. So uh, the camera's zooming in on Carly, and she wakes up. She's, like, concerned and is startled by the presence of the camera. She leaves the tent to investigate, and we see the camera still on her, but the operator is hiding behind, um, I think, Wade's car. I wasn't paying close attention. Me neither. She skulks around, eventually runs into Wade, and he's like, I'm going to take you back to bed, baby. <laughs> and uh, he dismisses her claim that she heard something, obviously. Um Somehow, literally inconceivably, these ding-dongs sleep until 2.30 p.m. Who lives this way? I mean, I could sleep until 2.30, maybe, but... How is it possible that every single one of these people... all of them, yeah. ...didn't wake up before 2.30? One of them would have woken up when the sun rose and then woke everyone else up, and then they would just... Their screens are open, Rebecca. Yeah. Anyway. So Blake wakes everyone up because he's worried he's going to miss his big juicy game. Dalton's camera is missing, which is relevant but also irrelevant. Uh, Carly and Paige are peeing and they smell the smell again. So Paige correctly is like, why would we want to find out? But Carly insists that they investigate further. So she um, leads Paris Hilton slash Paige down this like hill to find out what it is. Back at the campsite, Wade tries to start his car, but the fan belt is fucked up. Yeah, so we cut back to Carly and Paige, and Carly falls down an incline and lands in a pit of deer carcasses. She sees a human hand and screams. The others come down to get her out of the pit as another pickup truck approaches, not the one from the previous night at the campsite. Uh, A man coded as a redneck or kind of like poor person begins to unload another carcass, And Carly is like, hey, uh, what's going on with this human hand? (laughs) And he says, anyone need a hand? And he says it's fake, taps on it, and it sounds hollow, and they're momentarily relieved. Uh, Wade asks him where to find a fan belt. He says that Bo over in Ambrose has a station or a service station where they can go. Uh, The group decides to separate, and the others continue on to the game while Carly and Wade go with the man to the service station. Another very sexually sexual moment is Carly's shirt got fucked up in her fall. So uh, Nick mm-hmm. gives her his, um, we don't call it a wife beater. What do we call it? Just a tank a top. A white tank top, yeah. White tank top, formerly known as a wife beater. Isn't we it weird how we're all like, this shirt is what poor white people wear. So let's call it a wife beater and let's normalize this abuse of one spouse. Like it's that's it's that's wild yeah i and i'm sure people still like use it in their like colloquial language and don't know any better like people are still like they're actively using the r word so people are still i hear it all the time and i'm just like quit it quit saying that word where do you hear it should you leave arizona yes i should i forgot what it's like here I miss being around people who have no sexual identity and are just, like, fluid. I miss that. I mean, I use she, her, but I'm not like, I'm woman-y, woman, woman, woman all the time. I'm just like, I don't know. I honestly feel, yeah, I'm like, I would prefer to dress like a boy and I, like, don't, I'm not, like, in love with, you know, the way I'm shaped. I'm, I'm, like, fine about it. So, like, you know, yeah, can we all be they, them? Do you still use she, her pronouns? Yeah. I'm I like, like I'm attached to she her. Yeah, I've been called I'm fine with being called she her. I do not like ma'am nor do I like miss. 
I would prefer sir. I think, like, sir is a fine, like, you're a stranger, I don't know how to address you without saying, hey, you over there, call me sir. Would you rather have someone call you ma'am or bartender? Bartender. I don't bartender. like ma'am. I also don't like miss. Don't call me miss. I don't like it. I don't like Don't miss call either. me sweetheart. Don't call me hun. Don't, don't say it. I don't like Girl, it. Girl, you, you're going through it this week. <sighs> Um, yeah, so I feel like, but I wouldn't be offended if someone called me they, them, not knowing what my pronouns right, were, but people yeah. get so fucking weird about it, and it's you like, can does go, it Yeah, matter? I feel like they is fine for me. I don't, I don't, yeah. I'm not overly attached to either. If you want to call me, hey, that guy over there, if you want to call I'd me, like, Mr. me. Yeah, that's fine. I'm, I'm wearing a, a oversized sweater and green cargo pants and a fucking baseball cap so like maybe i am a him i don't know you don't know so i'm fine with yeah yeah also normalize people that aren't just coded female and don't just identify as female having vaginas yeah people can have vaginas okay everyone get over it people can have vaginas or not have vaginas and still be a she, her. So you can be smooth like a Barbie yeah. down there. And you can be whatever fucking <laughs> pronouns you want to be. Barbie. <laughs> but again, that's that's not what we're here to that's talk about. That's a podcast about. for that a different day. People who what are the wine edition better than us to talk about. Yeah, we are not the people <laughs> to be talking about it because, as we discussed, we both identify as she, her, and our sis. So that's right. not our and not our, our not, not our job, but not our place. Not. We don't need to hear us talk about it. We're stupid. Yeah. We both, yeah, have male partners and we are, we grew up she, her identity. I often, so. yeah, and I often perform my gender by making Adam do manual tasks that I don't feel like doing. Caesar's it's a not lot because I bigger than can't me. do them. But yeah. He's so and he tall. can't, yeah. I can't open jars sometimes. I wish I could. I would like love to, but my hands are small and I'm weak. So you don't need to get carpal tunnel opening a jar when you have like a giant in the next. You have Andre the giant in the next room. <laughs> yeah. He can I pick me Caesar. up and lift me over his head like he can open this jar for me. Well, I cannot be picked up because I am fat and I weigh more than my partner. That's although also I might fine. weigh less, less now that my boobs got chopped off. Right, seven whole pounds less. But as you guys know from The Strangers, I'm not a big fan of being, like, carried places by my partner. I am. He does it without. He just does it. But that's fine. Yeah. You guys are so cute. (laughs) I can't wait until we buy a piece of land. Together. Just move there and grow weed and rescue goats or whatever. Yeah. Like Sherry Moon Zombie, who I'm definitely not obsessed with. Definitely not. Uh, okay. You could just come visit. You come to Arizona. We could go hiking. We could, I don't know, go to the bar. I don't know why you're trying to convince me to visit you when there's literally a pandemic. And I've said multiple times I'm, like, ready to book my flight once I can. I know. You will. You'll be here. Maybe we'll have a house by then. That would be nice. Mm-hmm. But anywhere you are, I hope you have a swimming pool. Yeah. Me too. They're just not as much of a thing here unless you're wealthy, but I feel like they're just everywhere in the desert. It's because it's hot. And I love, yeah, yeah, I grew up swimming all the time and I love swimming pools. I honestly kind of love swimming pools more than I love the ocean, but I just like big bodies of water that I can jump into and like become one with. Just like float around. 
I have never asked you this, but did you watch Class Action Park recently? I know your family grew up in Didn't, Jersey. We talked about this. I was did the one we? who was like, you have to watch this documentary. It's fucking crazy. You did tell me. Yeah. Okay, we'll talk. Maybe we'll do a bonus episode. I asked my mom when I, you know, I talked to my mom. I try, you know, every few days. Um, but she never went. She was more of a Six Flags person. Hey. I, Good I'm for her. It seems flags. like yeah. a, a place <laughs> she, she would shouldn't be have been. Yeah. yeah, I'm glad she didn't go. Um, so, okay, okay, we're off the rails. Oh, wait, where are we? Baby. Carcass pit. Uh, we're in the carcass pit. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, Nick just sexually gave Carly his clean shirt, and and then Mr. Roadkill, aka Lester, his name is, which I found out from the credits. Yeah, we don't. He um, never gives his name. He never gets a name. Um, offers to drive Carly and Wade to get the fan belts in Ambrose. Um, and then, so they're, you know, they're bopping along. And then Carly's like, it smells. Can you roll your window down? And Mr. Roadkill's like, sure. So he rolls the window down. And then he stops the car because there's a stream. And he says he forgot this way washed out. So he needs to go into four-wheel drive. And they get, like, freaked out and are rude to him and say, like, no, we just want to walk from here. They were rude to him the whole time. Even though he offered to give them a ride and has done nothing except for be smelly and have And to the very end of the movie, we really don't know whether or not he is actually complicit in anything his other brothers were doing. Mm -hmm. Um, It's, like, essentially just a complete throwaway that he happens to be related to the other guys. Um, I'm and sure we'll get into it. he could have nothing to do with it. He didn't do anything in he this He could just movie. take care of the dog, which is what I think he the does. The dog was cute. And as far as I could tell, he didn't do anything wrong. I was really worried really about into, the dog like, the whole time. As the the wax is melting, I'm like, where's the dog? Where's the dog? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I didn't think of it. We'll I guess I'm that. a dead inside person. <laughs> so Mr. Roadkill slash Lester is obviously offended and he watches them walk away. They cross the stream uh, and they approach the town of Ambrose. Wade notes that he feels bad for offending Lester and Carly says, I don't care. He was a freak. Uh, Classes. Fuck you. Yeah. You're the freak. You're the Carly. freak. You're the one wearing that cupcake skirt over jeans. You don't have to wear a dress over jeans. You really don't. And so yeah. uh, just when you think Wade is like trying to be a more equitable, better human, they approach Ambrose and see signs for the Miss Ambrose beauty pageant. And Wade says, I wonder how many teeth you have to have to win that one. Chuckle, chuckle, chuckle. Ha ha ha. Poor ha, people ha, ha, suck. Wade. Dentistry is expensive, okay? Dentistry is expensive and dental insurance is a crock. Even if you have it, it doesn't actually cover like, you know, actual procedures. You can just get your teeth cleaned every once in a while. Coming from a person who you know, couldn't afford braces when they were young and still has crooked teeth, like I'm poor. I was poor then. I'm poor now. Like, uh, whatever. What are you going to do? All you have to do, though, guys, is just floss. Take care of those gums. I love flossing. (laughs) I hate to floss. My hygienist, Stephanie, says she can tell I floss really regularly. I was like, thank you. My (laughs) uh, best friend, listener, and subscriber of the cast, Maya, ever heard of Maya? Maya is a dental hygienist and just a great one. So... Maya, I'll send you a picture of my gums. They're really <laughs> no, nice. That sounds gross. <laughs> That's so gross. 
So they uh, eventually reach the service station and they find that it's empty. So they decide to ask someone in the church, but realize they've interrupted a funeral. Um, Bo comes out of the church and approaches them and says they shouldn't have walked in and he is visibly angry. They begin to walk away, but Bo approaches them and he says he's sorry and he'll meet them at the station in half an hour. He is clearly attracted to Carly and Wade gets angry at her because men are attracted to her. In my notes, it says jealous boyfriend blames other people's feelings on a woman who has no control over what men feel about her. Like, it's not her fucking fault men are attracted to her. I just fell in a pit of carcasses. Like, what do you want from me? I'm still, I still have the animal smell on me. She has carcass smell on me. And this guy is leering at me. It's not my fucking fault. Fuck you. Ridiculous. So they decide to check out the House of Wax. And then we cut to some opera music playing as a candle burns. And we see a man shaping a life-size <laughs> wax figure. Uh, hey, you guys, what part of the body do you think that it's completely focused on and paying super special attention to? Is it the arms? No, it's not the arms. Not the arms. Not the face. It's those titties. It's the tits. So, yeah, Vincent is shaping some boobs. They're nice boobs. I mean... Why? It just but seems why? We get it. Yeah. It's because this movie doesn't show any actual boobs. I think it's probably PG-13, right? Can you imagine how much money Paris Hilton's boobs probably cost? And so they have to give us a wax boob sculpting, sculpting scene to counteract the um, non-physical boob. Yeah, yeah. Thank goodness. I mean, I was really. I was like, I was like, thank God. I'm so glad I got to see tits. What movie Um, did I just watch? Oh, I watched the remake of Friday the Thirteenth. One of the Friday the Thirteenth that's on HBO. Ooh, I watched that one too. Yeah, it's just gratuitous. Yeah, like I love boobs. Tits all over the place. I was like, I think we've discussed like obviously I have big old knockers, so I don't have like. I don't have the cute little titties that, like, girls in horror movies do. So I, I love to see them. Love to see they're them. They're not normally little, but they're, like... Any boob is little compared to my boob. That's Recall true. that I just had seven pounds of boob cut <laughs> out of me. Three and a half pounds per, per side. If you took seven and a half pounds, I'd be concave. I'd, you'd, like, be at my spine. Okay, humble brag, dude. Like, everyone's just trying to get by. <laughs> I know, that's true. I'm just jealous. So, that's what I'm saying, is that, like, I'm disproportionate. I'm very pear-shaped. Hey, don't beat yourself up. Your body is pear- protecting you from COVID. You survived COVID. <laughs> it's a pandemic. You're hustling through, like, trying to navigate capitalism in a time Ugh. where it's putting your health at risk. Ugh. Love your pear shape, dude. I know. Pear-shaped people are people. Okay. That's what I have yeah. to say. Lester is a person. All people are people. <laughs> and all cats are people. I'm looking at you, Charles. I can't wait until you get a dog and then you can know all my struggles. You oh have my to God, take dogs you, I haven't updated you on this. That's my worst. I, ha- I have to email you or I'll read you some emails. I know we're running over, but. We are running so like over. Sometimes. Welcome to House of Wax. So I've had over. two years. So I am going and, and I had popcorn for away. breakfast. So I'm going through this um, 
I'm going through this like adoption process. We're trying to adopt a dog and there's one dog named Layla who is uh, located in the south shore of uh, Massachusetts and Taunton. So I've been going back and forth with the lady at the shelter, um, Nadine, and like she's Nadining out. I don't even know (laughs) if this is going to be funny. So I say, hi there. Happy New Year. My partner copied here and I are interested in meeting Layla. Is there a time this week to come to Taunton and meet her? I'm glad to follow up with a phone call. If that's better, let me know what information you need from us. She responds at 11.30 p.m. (laughs) An application needs to be submitted. If approved, an appointment can then be set up to meet. The shelter is closed to the public due to COVID without an appointment. I was like, yeah, no, I was requesting an appointment. So... (laughs) I am trying to kill Nadine with kindness, okay? I am going you to make want Nadine like me. Layla. Layla is so cute. I said, good morning, Nadine. Thank you for the quick response and for the clarification. Our application is attached here. Let me know if anything else is needed. Nadine now throws a freaking curveball at me. Received your app and will bring to the shelter shortly. Smiley face. So I'm <gasps> like, Nadine, you're a softening. Smiley. So I say, yay, thank you, Nadine. So the plot thickens. This morning I wake up and is this is this good radio? I this love morning it. I wake up and Layla is not on Pet Finder. I am like, what the fuck? So I email Nadine, my best friend, and I say, Good morning, Nadine. I hope your week is going well. I see that Layla is no longer appearing on Pet Finder. Has she been adopted? Thanks again for your help. Nadine responds, one line, no greeting, nothing. We have stopped taking apps on Layla. That's why she's off PF. She is not yet adopted. I was like, okay. So why are so, you? Like, are we approved? So <laughs> this is my final correspondence with Nadine. I am, again, trying to kill her with kindness. Thank you for letting me know, exclamation point. I'll officially stop pestering you with emails now. Smiley face. All the best, Abby. And that is where we leave the Nadine saga for now. Oh, my God. Layla, where are you? Are you okay? Layla. She's so cute. And she's black and white, so she matches the cats. <laughs> That's always what you need. Yep. I I really want a cat. I've, I'm, I am a cat person. I think I was a cat at one point in my life. I'm, like, very standoffish. I agree. Yeah, I uh, Yeah. And I, yeah, I grew up with cats and dogs and a turtle at one point. No hamsters are too small. Uh, my dad. I never had a hamster. Yeah. He like, he got a tortoise from somebody and they lived in our backyard. I had a rabbit. I just love animals. I don't eat meat. It's a whole thing. And I just really want a cat. I've wanted a cat for, Caesar and I have been together for 10 Let years. the record show, you can eat meat and love animals at the same That's time. That's true, I know. But I want goats and cows. I love cows. Cows are so cute and they have like big eyelashes. Don't cows have best friends? Isn't cows that have thing? best friends. That's my favorite when people are like, I think you how can you that, not yeah. eat beef? I'm like, um, did you know that cows have best friends? And when they're would separated. Would you eat your best friend? <laughs> yeah. Would you eat your best friend? Uh, when they're separated from their best friend, they get really depressed and and like they, they don't want to eat. It's so sad. And they respond really well to music. Anyway, I'm not going to shame anybody for eating meat, but uh, pigs are smarter than dogs. So... Caesar and I have been together for 10 years, and we've... Is he allergic, or does he just not, He like, hates he's cats. He's not into it? Why? They're so cute. I don't think that he really does. He just never had a cat growing up, and I don't think he... I He just had, knows of my sister's cat, had, who was, like, kind of... But he met Charles. Demon. 
And he, like, he and Charles were vibing. Yeah. But he just, like, is very, he's like, the dog wouldn't like him. Like, Bartleby doesn't like anybody, but he'll grow to love them. And he loves, like, some, he wants somebody to snuggle with if we get the right kind, like, mm-hmm. the right cat that would, like, you know, go well with Bartleby. They would yeah. get along. I'm just going to come home with one. And just he's get a cat. Have to deal with it. <laughs> since, since Biscotti and Charles are bonded to each other, Adam and I are feeling left out. So we're getting another pet. <laughs> That's so cute. No, we actually really want a dog because we never leave the house and I need to, I need to walk. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, think yeah, it's nice to like go out. We have our designated taking the dog out times and then we take him out together and we go on hikes and, but He's alone when, you know, when we have regular jobs, non-COVID. You know, he's alone for long periods of time and he's getting older. And I think a cat could be someone fun to, like, snuggle with and also leave him alone Mm -hmm. if he wants to because he's cranky. If you get a kitten, they'll probably socialize to each other really well. Yeah. I want a little black. I have no authority on the subject. I know. But black animals get adopted less frequently than other colored animals wonder why all right back to life back to reality where are we we've been talking about cats and dogs for three years for like a year and a half okay so they're uh, approaching the wax museum uh, carly and wade see a closed sign but wade decides that he's just entitled to go in wherever the fuck he wants and do whatever the fuck he wants you know why so they go inside uh vincent hears them enter uh, they explore and find press clippings about Trudy's history. Uh, Wade is being obnoxious, but then the dog scares him. The cute doggy. I'm going to say. Which is validating. To everybody, don't touch shit in a museum. Don't touch it. Don't go near Why it. Do don't breathe on I- it. Why don't, do you think you can pick it up? Don't put your fucking fingers on it. Okay. Why? Why? I hate it. It made me so mad. As someone who used to clean things in a museum, it made me so fucking mad. Yeah, clean things because dumb assholes fucking touch them. Like, your fingertips have oils. What if that was in... What if it wasn't in, like, a historic piece of wax and just a wax that someone recently created? Your fingertip oils are going to get on them. Like, don't fucking touch it. Rude. Rude. So Wade is playing the piano while Carly is picking up and putting down Vincent's little smaller carvings and finds his signature. Uh, Wade then spots the high chairs from the first scene. Carly approaches a mirror that's on the wall, and when she looks into it, she sees Vincent at the window looking in from outdoors. Uh, Shockingly, Wade doesn't believe that she saw someone, but he goes out to investigate anyway. He tries the bulkhead, it's secure, and then in the kitchen, Carly is startled when Wayne knocks on the window, and they run out of, she runs out of the museum. Dalton and Nick are going to pick up the others. Oh, I guess I forgot to say, because the football traffic scene was boring, they ended up turning back from the uh, football game because the traffic was too bad. So they're back up. Men like, macho men like football. Did you know? Were you aware? I, like... Actually, I'm having like I have a harder and harder time now watching like teen horror movies because the men are just like so toxic so... and they just scream at each other nonstop. I'm like, yeah. take it down a notch, you guys. I just like so yes. You don't have to be that way. You don't have to like do that. Yeah. So where am I? Where am I? Where am I? Dalton and Nick are going to go pick up the others so Paige and Blake can sex it up. Uh, Wade has decided to let himself into the service station because he thinks he can walk in to any business that is not open that he wishes to. 
Carly is protesting, but he decides to go in anyway. And then inside, uh, Wade is looking for a fan belt, and Carly is giving us more background on Nick being coded as the bad twin. Mm-hmm. Bo approaches as Wade is complaining that he's not able to break in and steal the correct size of fan belt, and Bo says, well, I have a 15-inch at the house. They walk to- towards Bo's home, and he gives them the background on the town. Trudy of Trudy's House of Wax had a husband that was a doctor in the city, but he had his license revoked. They moved to Ambrose and started a small practice. Trudy found her calling with wax sculptures and they had some kids. But then Trudy got a cyst in her brain and went insane and Dr. Sinclair killed himself. The boys were left alone and ended up in foster homes. So sad. I'm going to say that Bo is kind of hot. Like, yeah, I'd fuck Bo. Pretty hot, yeah. The order of men I would fuck in this movie is Bo, I guess, Nick. He's hot. He's, like, hot in a 2000s way. He's such an asshole. I don't know. And he wants to fuck you've his never, sister, so. You've never fucked an asshole that was really good at sex, but, like, a really bad person? Yeah. Yeah. It's not like we're marrying these horrible men. <laughs> so I'm going to say I'm gonna say Bo, Nick, uh, Blake... Dalton and Wade, I'm sorry, you're such a dick. Oh, I forgot about Vincent. I'd fuck Vincent. I would say Bo, Blake. Blake is definitely hot. Blake is, yeah, he's like kind of a, like annoying and a dick and he doesn't care about anything that Paris Hilton, Paris Paige Hilton has to say. But like, whatever. And then, and then probably Vincent. And then... I fuck Vincent. And then Nick. And then Wade. Yeah, it's that fucking hair. I can't get over it. Sorry, Wade. I might, like, honestly, like, I'll throw what's-her-face in there before Wade. And honestly, maybe before Nick. I don't... I would fuck anybody, including Lester, in this movie before Lester! (laughs) I forgot about Lester. He seems cute. Put him in the shower. Yeah, Yeah. throw him in the shower. He just needs, like, a good toothbrush. And he's he like, loves his dog. He yeah, loves his dog. He's he's not afraid to get his hands dirty. I'm fine with him. Yeah, I just would emphasize, please, like, wash those hands because <laughs> it's easy to get a UTI if someone isn't being careful. True. <laughs> and if so they're Bo having says sex he'll go the in right and, way. But. Yeah, yeah. Bo says he'll go in and get the fan belts. Do you have more to say about No, I was just going to say, care about uh, (laughs) female pleasure. Let's everybody care about each other's partners. If you're a cis straight male and you can't find the clit, just let us know. We'll help you. Uh, I'll give you a diagram. Imagine imagine like an 18-year-old cis (gasps) man listening to this. They know. Gen Zers are better than millennials. Gen Zers yeah. Yeah. They were garbage. Yeah, there are definitely some men I run into in my life that I'm like, you have never found the clitoris, and that's why you're bitter. Yeah. Your wife hates you. How much much time do you spend, like, worrying about whether or not your partner is, you know? The crazy thing is, having a vagina and a clitoris, I'm like, it's right there like you can see it with your eyeballs you just have to look at it uh yeah recently i watched super bad again how did it hold up not great i'm sure so horribly um and i really think that jonah hill's character was gay 
but just didn't know it because there's a line where he says that like he doesn't like the look of vaginas on their own. I'm like, ah, it's probably because you're gay, sir. Um, yeah, and that's why you I'm don't sorry. Like Do you think that just like a disembodied penis is something to brag about? <laughs> this is like floating off in space. But then, yeah, he spends when he's a kid, he draws penises. So that's right. also a plot through line. So I'm like, yeah, maybe you're gay. Maybe explore that a little bit. Quit making horrible gay jokes. Maybe you, maybe you like it all, but you'll never know if you don't explore it. Yeah, truly. And if you just hide behind your perceived homophobia we also there's a gay joke in here that we didn't explore yet either about elton john no it was when they dress up oh girl i missed it they dress up dalton in like sparkly sunglasses and a yellow shirt and they're like elton john didn't look as gay as you or something stupid and i was like that was back at the them filming the party at the campsite right Mm mm-hmm Anyway, where are we now? I, like, literally have no idea. So, uh, the road... Refresh. (laughs) Bo Bo says he'll get the belt and then drive them to the spot where the road is washed out. He lets Wade in to use the lavatory, and Carly waits in the truck. While inside, Wade, who thinks that he is entitled to every piece of information or place that he enters, obviously starts poking around. Uh, Nick and Dalton are driving and talking about something. I didn't write it down. Uh, back in the house, <laughs> Wade is looking around while Car- Carly is getting impatient in the truck. Wade sees Dr. Sinclair's medical license and finds the OR. Um, and then Carly gets out of the truck to wait and realizes the truck is the same one that Nick tossed the beer at the headlight of the previous night. She honks the horn and the lights cut in the house. Wade tries to feel his way around to get out, but he's locked in and Vincent comes at him from the trap door and slices Wade's Achilles. He crawls away and tries to arm himself with a surgical implement, but he's cornered, stabbed, and knocked out. Bye, Wade. See you later. If you don't sniff around places you're not invited to, maybe this don't shit doesn't Don't go in the surgical room. Yeah. Just pee and get why, out. Why would you think anything good is going to happen in there? So outside, Carly is trying to call Blake and Paige, but she can't reach them because they're sexing. And Bo comes out and she locks herself in the truck. She says he recognizes him from the campsite and he becomes violent. He breaks through the window and pushes her, but she manages to start the truck and gas it with her hands. She then drives the truck off like the embankment on the side of the driveway and she's stuck again. So she climbs out the back and runs away. She also just fucked up the getaway vehicle by driving it, like, halfway off a cliff. Just drive it correctly? Yeah, just whatever. Get, oh, you so, can come back for Wade or not. Just leave him there. Maybe this is a sign that it's you, you and Wade are good. Yeah, move yeah. on with your life. Not everyone else has to die because you're, like, pretending you're still in love with Wade. Am I right? <laughs> you're clearly in love with your brother. Goodness. Yeah, just lean into it, Cersei. <laughs> <laughs> So Dalton and Nick are chatting in the car and Big D reveals that he has a crush on Carly. Nick then acquiesces that Wade isn't so bad, but it's too late for that because Wade is getting dragged into a wax torture basement. He's nearly He gets dead. stitched up by Vincent because he's getting waxed. And then um, we see Carly. We cut to Carly running through the town and the whole main street is lighting up. Then back in the basement, Wade is getting fitted into a Hellraiser-esque wax machine, and then he's showered with wax as the camera pans away. 
It's a pretty cool machine. And a cute I like little it. workshop. Yeah. He has his cauldron. He has his like little ceramics tools. I mean, he's very talented. It's a nice studio. He, my God, does he work fast. Did you see how fast he got Wade turned over and at that piano? So let's say they woke up at 2.30, right? They get to the town yeah. maybe 3.15. It's maybe 10 o'clock at night right now. So like... It's been like, it's like a two hour turnaround time. That's incredible. That's fast. Yeah. He's experienced. So Carly's on the main street. She's disoriented and runs to the church to call for help where she realizes that everyone is made of wax. She knocks an arm off of one of the bodies and realizes that there is a human body inside of the wax body. (laughs) <laughs> she uh, sees that the order of service is for Mama Trudy's funeral and sees Mama Trudy's waxy body in the casket. When she hears Bo coming, she hides, but Bo sees the knocked off arm and his alerts go off. Uh, and I said the priest, very unfortunate facial expression to be trapped in for the rest of your life. <laughs> it's, like, it's just like, he's like, ah, <laughs> So Carly uh, hides, Bo is searching the church for her and finally finds that she's under the priest's nightgown. (laughs) I know it's robes, but it's funny to imagine that he's wearing a nightgown. Mm -hmm. She runs, but he catches up with her. uh, And then back on the road, Nick and Dalton have reached the washed out part of the road and they're approaching the town while Bo takes Carly to the service station basement. He straps her into a surgical bed while Dalton um, comes in and starts yelling. And Bo's like, oh, shit. So he tries to silence Carly by threatening to slit her throat. Dalton and Nick separate to search, and Nick approaches the grocery. Inside, we see rotting food. Ominous. So many bug shots. Lots of bug shots. It's very buggy, yeah. Mm -hmm. Dalton looks towards the House of Wax forebodingly, foreshadowingly. Um, Bo is downstairs in the service station basement, objectifying Carly while also supergluing her mouth closed. He leaves the station and comes face to face with Nick. Carly hears Nick's voice and starts to struggle for her long lost brother lover. Um, Bo says he didn't see Carly and Wade come through uh, and Carly sees through the grate that he's talking to Nick. So she's squealing and trying to get their attention. So she pokes her finger through the grate, which like, what it's do so you think cute. will happen? It's like a little, yeah. <laughs> little finger. So <laughs> Bo then pulls off the very cute finger. She finally manages to unglue her mouth and screams for Nick. So Bo goes into X Games mode, takes a swing and misses, and Nick gets into the station, locks Bo out, and frees Carly. Dalton is like, hello, I'm in the house of wax. Hello. (laughs) He finds Waxy Wade at the piano and realizes his body is encased in wax. uh, And he's like, I'll get you out. And just peels, like, face off. Stop. I was like, like, no. Just stop peeling it. Wade is... Tragically conscious while getting his face peeled off. God, his uh, like you can Vincent see the tear and his eyeballs are moving. It's, it's so scary. visceral. Yeah, I I like forgot how very like visceral this movie is. It really is. So Vincent chases Dalton into the wax basement and beheads him with some very Game of Thrones like machetes. There's cool knives <laughs> in this movie. Yeah, it looks like a dragon. We got some nice knives. Uh, Dalton's head rolls over and we see him blink a couple times 
um, before he dies because his head got chopped off. (laughs) (laughs) Just in case you didn't know, he was just beheaded. He's not alive. Yeah. Back at the service station, Nick is trying the phones, but they're dead. Um, Carly is like, everyone used to be a human, but now they're wax dummies. She's mm-hmm. like, oh, wait, there's that old lady in the house off of Main Street that was moving. But they investigate and realize that she's rigged by a machine. Womp. Womp. So back at the campsite, Blake and Paige have not made a lot of progress on having sex. They're still completely <laughs> dressed. And <laughs> we have a pretty long and boring strip tease. Long. They start. Come on. So long. I like the song, though. They start smooching and the music turns off and Paige is like, I'll choose this moment to tell you I'm pregnant. So she's We were just going to have him. sex, but Now Hold let's on. think about the consequences of our sexual actions. <laughs> so the boombox. Oh, sorry. Yeah. So Paige is trying to express this to Blake and he's like, I need the tune. So he goes to put the boombox back on, checks his phone and hears the voicemail from Carly where she's in the kerfuffle with Bo. Okay, so Rebecca took a pee break and then Charles the cat spilled like a quarter cup of my wine (laughs) all over my computer. So we're picking it back up. But I think we're good. We're good. So Paige turns the light off in the tent and lies down. She calls to Blake, but it's Vincent instead. Uh, She escapes the tent, sees that Vincent killed Blake and runs. She makes it into a factory and hides. The lights click on and she sees a case of dead cell phones from previous victims. She grabs a pipe and is walking over a grate when her feet are stabbed from below, which is disgusting. I was like, oh, so much foot and heel. The Achilles thing. I just hate it so much. Yeah, it's rough. She keeps running and hides in an old car. Vincent enters the car and she strikes him with her pole and hides on the other side of the car because she escapes. As she peeks up to see if the coast is clear, Vincent javelins a spike through her head and kills her. Uh, So as I'm sure you're about to say, we get a violent death for our slut, our slutty, slutty slut. Yeah, poor slut. She's like a little seesaw, just tilting back and forth on her pole. Yeah, they spend so much time... Vincent has picked up a new hobby of videography, and mm-hmm, he's mm-hmm. just really looking, going at all angles at our little Yeah, slut. he's really enjoying himself, but God love him. He needs a little action. He needs a little fun in his God. life. Poor thing. I guess. Not like sex action. Like, you know, he needs a good hobby. No, I know. A non-wax like, yeah, hobby. <laughs> non-murder, non-wax Non-murder, hobby. non-wax hobby. So, uh, Carly and Nick realize Vincent is the one making all the wax people, so they decide they need to arm themselves. Nick is toxic manning around, and he breaks into, like, an Army-Navy store, uh, and they, he gets a crossbow. Like, how do you just know how to use a crossbow? He obviously brings attention to them because he smashes a window, so they sneak into the movie theater to hide, um... There's the intentional cognitive dissonance of whatever happened to Baby Jane, like swing, singing a sweet little song on the screen mm-hmm. while there's like crossbow murdering happening. Carly is hiding in plain sight in one of the seats. I wanted to say to Bo, I think you need to get like a handle on your dummy count here because you should be able to pick an actual person out pretty fast. Like you should have an idea of like who's here. I want to, well, we can get to this later, but, like, there are so many dead bodies here. How 
did no one ever stumble upon not just like a house, but like an entire town full of dead and missing people? Easily 50, probably more like 75. Because yeah. we only saw in the movie theater, there are possibly other businesses. There's the entire museum. I mean, you guys. Come on. A lot of cops. people died. Like, I know you suck, but like, really? Like, Bo and Vincent aren't that old. They're, like, 35. And they mentioned it was only in the past 10 years. So if in the past 10 years, this like, people are going missing at the same stretch of interstate, like, question mark, cops. It's, quote, unquote, hard to get to this town. You just have to walk over a You have to walk over a stream that's, like, four feet wide. (laughs) Yeah, please. So silly. So uh, Bo eventually finds her and takes a shot, but she ducks and the wax person behind her is blown up. Nick is very proficient with his crossbow, so he hits Bo several times and grabs his rifle while Bo is down. He tells Char- Car- Charlie <laughs> Carly to check for ammo, but she doesn't find anything and they zip away. They have a very sexy energy because this is the moment where they're face to face and she's like, no, we have to do this. And he's like... Why are you so stubborn? And it looks like they're going to kiss. And he has his hand up against the truck that she's leaning against. And he's like very close to her face. We should find out if they were fucking on the set of this movie. Um, I think they were. They must have been. Look it up. Not convincing, (laughs) twins. Okay. Uh, They go back to Bo's truck to find Carly's cell phone, but it's missing. Uh, They enter the house to look for Dalton and to find guns. Obviously, enter the mass murderer's house. It's a really smart idea. They could just be gone. There's a car. Yeah. Crazy. She finds some news clippings about the twins' uh, separation when they were young. Um, They were born born conjoined at the head and were separated at a young age. She sees images of Vincent with a mask on. And then Bo busts in just full of arrows. uh, And Carly and Nick hide. (laughs) Bo is at the sink yanking foreign objects out of himself and puking. And Nick is like poking around further. So Vincent arrives back at the house with his body hall, and Bo goes to check the window. He yells at Vincent and is angry that Vincent left the house without him and calls him a freak. And then he feels guilty and gives him a little speech about how their mother would be proud of him and he's finishing his mother's work, etc. So Bo finds the photo of them as babies out and realizes that Carly and Nick are in the house. They link back up. Carly and Nick link back up in the basement And Carly tells Blake, sorry, there's just so many, like, 2000s, like, bro names in this movie. Bro names. Blake is dead Dead. already. Carly tells Nick that Blake and Paige are dead. She saw them in the back of the truck. They go through the basement past a really loud generator, and they're, like, fucking with the lights and controls for no reason I can understand. Um, They make it to the basement of the House of Wax, which is apparently connected via tunnel to the house, and they find Dalton's hat, and then they find Dalton himself in the Hellraiser wax machine. Um, Nick tries to get Dalton out, but as we've previously mentioned, his head is off. It is disconnected. Decapitation. Mm -hmm. So Vincent approaches... Blink, blink. Uh, Vincent approaches with his game of Thrones knives and they start tussling. A lever is pulled and it like turns the flames up super high under Vincent's humongous like 
freaking hocus pocus cauldron <laughs> it's so big it's huge they escape back into the museum and they find wade who like even though he is a dick bag i hope that he has lost consciousness at this point um, <laughs> yeah Bo reappears God. and there's more tussling I, I write the word tussling a lot in these notes uh the fire is really going in the basement so it starts to melt through the ground floor um, at some point, Nick's leg gets fucked up, and Carly is hitting Bo with a baseball bat. Uh, Bo is finally dead, so Vincent appears and rushes to Bo's side. He realizes Bo is dead and does a, an anguished cry before, after, before, before chasing Carly upstairs. <laughs> I'm fine, yeah, you guys. Yeah, and then Carly runs. She makes it What's to- the melting point of wax? Like, how hot is it in this house i don't think they wouldn't have had third degree burns on their legs like yeah they would also be caught on fire it has to be really fucking hot but i guess you can put hot wax on your like body to remove the hair and it's not to the point where you can't stand it yeah but there's a lot of wax bo's body is melting into the floor like at what point like what per like what degree are we at? If you here? are a wax specialist, we'd love to hear from you. Wax expert. What kind of wax are they using? Also, where did they get all this wax? Is what I like, is there a wax distributor? Has and if that it's raised getting, a lot of questions? If for it's anybody? getting shipped there, aren't they like weird people are going missing at this like random stretch of highway in Louisiana or whatever? And also, I'm <laughs> shipping like literal tons of wax to a town that is abandoned. Tons. <laughs> And it's such a, like, they clearly have enough wax to sustain them. He was sculpting some some dead woman's boobs at the beginning. And, like, they're just, like, endless supply of bodies. I don't, I'm confused. We don't know. Uh, You know, know. to be a self-sustaining entrepreneur, you know, that doesn't have to rely on a capitalist system, you have to murder some people and case them in wax, I guess. Where are they getting their food from? You know, I feel like it'd be easier to keep the town open and not murder anyone than than to keep like, this whole thing up. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot of legwork for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, Carly has made it up to the waxy bedroom. Nick is getting stuck in the stairs. Um, Vincent machetes through the door and symbolically separates the conjoined twin sculpture in the crib that Carly has pushed over to barricade the door. Um, Carly tries to appeal to Vincent, saying Bo was the true monster, the violent one and the freak. Uh, Things are getting pretty time sensitive as far as the wax melting point. So Carly's continuing to try to talk Vincent down while Nick makes it upstairs. He uh, starts to tussle with Vincent. He unmasks him and is um, super ableist and shitty when he sees his face because Vincent is uh, disfigured from being separated from his conjoined twin at birth. Which is also, like, his, the scarred half of his face is CGI'd, which is confusing to me because they did a lot, they did some CGI towards the end, but they also did a lot of practical effects in this movie, the so CGI why not just... The CGI at the end seems truly insane compared to all the practical effects. On. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, why not just make his face practically, just like, put I makeup just, on I him. don't get right. it. Just put makeup on him. So, yes. He calls for Carly. She pulls the knife out of Wade's leg from his tussle with Bo before and stabs Vincent <laughs> to death. The good twins prevail. 
So things, again, are getting pretty time-sensitive as far as the melting. Carly realizes they can get out by digging through the wall, and they make it out just in time. Uh, the wax CGI, as previously mentioned, is deranged, uh, and then the bad twins are swallowed by their waxy dreams. <laughs> um, we cut to the aftermath. They also... He, like, when Vincent falls through the floor of the bedroom, he lands exactly on Bo's face the way that they were sliced at birth. Some people didn't, Come on. didn't pick that up. We knew they're conjoined at the face. We knew it. We've, we, you don't really need to keep. They hammered the point home. Thankfully, if, you're, home. if yeah. you're stupid like me, you won't notice. <laughs> <laughs> so we cut to the aftermath. Uh, there are cops and EMTs just kind of unloading waxy corpses. The cop reveals that the town isn't on the map and was abandoned for 10 years, which is why 75 people got murdered there. They wouldn't have found it if the smoke from the fire hadn't led them there. And then um, the... Because they're dumb. Because they're bad cops. All cops are bad. A cab. Um cab. So uh, the EMTs are driving away the ambulance with the sexy sex loving twins in the back seat and the final reveal is that trudy and dr sinclair had three sons and then lester waves with his little doggy as they leave the town which why as i said before Do we need that? i was very worried about the dog so i'm glad the that dog the dog made is it out okay. alive yeah we're in good shape I, that's the only truly the only character i care about in this movie is the dog um, who doesn't get a name, but I hope they're okay. Should we name it now? Um, Spike. Okay, I love yeah. it. Uh, I, I met a little chihuahua the other day. Named Spike? It was so sweet, named Gary. They were very sweet. That's so cute. It was the cutest fucking little dog I've ever seen. He was like, I put my dog, you know, when dogs, you, you want them to let you let them, let them let you pet them. Yeah. Like, you put your hands in front of their nose so they can smell you. And he just came right up to my legs so that I was pet- I would pet his little butt. It was so cute. Gary. Dogs with people names Gary. are also perfect angels, all of them. I have a dog with a person name. So. Bartleby is listening right now because I'll be listening to this later. So Bartleby. he'll be hearing it. He, um, we try to get him... Like, he doesn't like when he can hear, like, bird noises or cat noises on the TV, and he doesn't like, he won't watch it. He's a sensitive boy. He's a sensitive dog. He's nervous. So, there's obviously a just big heaping waxy pile of toxic masculinity and the male gaze in this film. Um, Mm -hmm. Paris Hilton, a.k.a. Paige, is a slut, and then Carly is virginal and desired by many of the men in the movie and then blamed for, um, the behaviors of the men around her. It's gross. It's pretty gross. Yeah. Yeah, She has nothing to do with it. And she's... She's like, I just want to go intern in style. Yeah, God, don't. Um, but I guess she's our final girl. We've got a final guy too. They're both boring. I don't know. It's the class in this movie is also really weird because Carly mentions that they that she can't afford an apartment in New York because who can? Uh, right. And then also mentions though that her parents are bailing. Nick, her brother, out of jail. So they're rich. They're like not poor, but they're not rich. And then 
the real bad people are the poor people, but they also have the money for the electricity to run an entire town. So clearly Bo and Lester and Vincent are not that poor. And Lester just has bad teeth because he doesn't like going to the dentist. I don't Lester's know. only markers as being poor or rednecky or um, less than or being kind of dirty and liking to collect deer carcasses, which is a victimless crime compared to encasing travelers in wax. Um, it's a super problematic uh, portrayal of poverty. Uh, and the sort of, like, white trash aesthetic in the American South. I'm sure Lester has his problems, but being a violent, you know, person that preys on people doesn't appear to be one of them, but it's just sort of conflated with his brothers without any real explanation as to what his job for the plot even is. And it didn't seem like Bo and Vincent were concerned about where he was it doesn't seem like he lives in that house or the dog so he doesn't live with them and he he's he's employed he is picking up carcasses off the side of the road and dumping them in this pit and not killing people he did drive them to the town knowing they would die to get a fan bell yeah they were really mean to him for no reason at all. And he looks a lot... So Bo, when we first see Bo, he's wearing, like, a nice black... He's... Yeah, he's, like, really hot. He's, he's wearing, like, really an all-black yeah. suit. Uh, and then he changes into, a, like, a more typical, traditional trucker hat. And, like, he's dirty or all of a sudden... So that we know that he they're poor and their house is dirty and messy. So... I don't. So yeah, they're poor, right? It's, but it's how, weird but because where it feels are they getting like, the money to power this. I mean, whole their town dad was a doctor, so maybe they are beneficiaries of an estate. But it is weird that Bo and Vincent appear to other their own brother Lester, and I don't. I'm still confused um, by what Lester's purpose in this plot is. Like he. I guess yeah. is except set- for a twist. Well, a twist, and I think he's also um, set up as like grotesque and the other to make Bo appear more approachable and normal. And then it's sort of like, oh, the inverse is that Bo is the actual monster and uh, Lester is apparently innocent. But the twist is weak and unnecessary. Uh, and this is a damaging classist depiction of someone that is experiencing poverty at the hands of a capitalist, imperialist, settler state. Uh, and I hate it. It's also like, how many times do we have to see, like, not conventionally attractive is bad? Like, yeah. Vincent Vincent is scarred and is doesn't have both of his eyeballs. And so he's bad. Right. And he's not... It's not just, he kills Blake and Paige himself. It's not just Bo who's doing all of the murdering. Well, and then there's this sort of, like, weak veneer that they put on of, like, oh, Bo is the violent one and Bo is the monster that drives Vincent to kill. So they're trying to sort of, like, upend this traditional assessment of, like, physical beauty uh, as coding you good, but they are not successful at all. (laughs) So it falls flat completely. Um, Vincent is intentionally not like quote unquote redeemed at the end. And he does 
also attempt to kill Carly and, you know, her mm-hmm. kind of like half-baked efforts to talk him down are ineffective. So, uh, yeah. The good-bad binary and- is just weaving everywhere through this movie and doing things that make no sense, basically. <laughs> and all of our, like, protagonists, even though they're all garbage, are white people except for Blake, who is our token light-skinned black person who is also, like, as I've said, as we've said before, representation is not everything, and tokenism is a thing, and that's not okay, and not okay in this movie, and he's, like, seen doing all these cultural markers of, like, not caring about his girlfriend, being over-sexualized, he's, like, rapping along with weird lyrics at one point it's just i would also argue that the movie tries to set up this sort of like specious uh reverse racism dynamic so obviously most Mm -hmm. of our protagonists quote-unquote are um cisgender white people um that adhere to like societal beauty standards but then we have this sort of detail of oh blake's family won't let Paris Hilton marry him presumably because she is white so it's sort of like they try to set up some kind of like acknowledgement of his race but it's misguided and specious and it's like invented reverse racism so that's the only real which doesn't exist which doesn't exist uh that's the only real acknowledgement of his like racial difference to his friends and it's misguided and falls completely flat and is completely empty rhetoric um, yeah. it's a disappointing characterization of a black man and obviously it was 2005 so we can't expect it to do anything but it does less than nothing in my opinion <laughs> less than nothing yeah we have I don't know six other white people in the eight I guess yeah eight people in this movie who do because Blake and Paige honestly do nothing at all they maybe have sex and answer the phone and they drive they don't even have but sex yeah they don't they almost have sex. She I she will is, say oral to the sex is sex, right? So she's giving him head. At oh, one I point. forgot about that. Uh I will yeah. say to the movie's credit that they kill Paige pretty much last rather than giving her third a violent death last. first. Yeah. Third to last. Who does so after it's her? Wade, Wade Wade Dalton Dalton Blake Blake Paige. Oh, I guess I was I was counting the twins as two. So she dies last. Oh. But, like, yeah, no one else in their sort of, like, group of protagonists pass away. So she isn't given the traditional. And it's nice that the worst white man in the movie dies first. Props. I would say Nick is the worst white man in the movie. Every white man in the movie is kind of a drag. Yeah. Yeah. But Wade is, like, abusive, and he gaslights you in that way that comes off as, like, genuine concern or kindness. He's trying to be the nice guy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like, he, I'm an asshole two times today. It's like, you're an asshole all the time. I don't, you're just an asshole. And I, I don't know. There's, like, the treatment of psychopathy in this movie, too, is problematic. Mm -hmm. It's like, these twins were abused clearly abused when they were children and now they spend their days murdering people because one of them is not conventionally formed and shaped mm-hmm. and has had surgery and is not quote unquote normal so 
And I mean, yeah, their abuse is pretty much glossed over and it like I don't see their current lifestyle as a result of their abuse, except that the film forces us to make that connection with its opening scene. But otherwise, because of the opening. Yeah, scene. it's yeah. nothing. Uh, so I want to get into this article I sent you or I added to our little list. Did you get a chance yeah. to read through it? I did read that one. Yeah. Mm hmm. So I want to cite our source called... called, um, Need a hand? (laughs) Yeah. You're saying that's a real person underneath the horrors of the inorganic in Jamey Cole Sarah. Do you think that's how you say it? Sarah's? Sarah's House of Wax. And this is by Robin Alex McDonald and Dan Vina, who at the time I think were PhD candidates um, at Queen's University in somewhere. In somewhere. They do, in somewhere. Um, so, they do take their time to, like, talk about the the inorganic and the, like, sort of transphobic ideologies of, like, quote-unquote plastic and non... And, like, surgically I think it's a really interesting humans. reading of this movie as, mm-hmm. of course, as cisgender... Um, white passing women this is not a consideration we have to undergo as we're experiencing this movie but as a queer or trans viewer or someone that's into like the body modification community um i saw a lot of merit to the argument so i just wanted to shout it out uh essentially their argument is that the film the film's reliance on like what happens when your natural or organic body is modified is a source of fear for its viewers so the mm-hmm. movie is most effective to viewers that are cisgender uh, and adhere to like homo, um, no, sorry, heteronormative. Heterosexual. I was like, what am I saying? Yep. Heteronormative uh, stereotypes and practices in their daily lives. So, uh, particularly the anybody got a hand uh, scene establishes that establishes that appearance is untrustworthy and that the inorganic things that are different from what sort of like nature gave you has less value than the organic. So in that way, they argue that it's a transphobic movie because it establishes a fear based on when your body represents itself as something other than its natural state, which I thought was fascinating. I mean, we're living in a time where, unfortunately, most people are very transphobic without even really bringing presence and mind to it. Is that, like, if someone isn't doesn't look the way that you think that a woman or a man should look, that they are in other? It's very unfortunate. And so, like... This doesn't do anything else for it. Yeah, and it takes, like, constant work on our parts because, obviously, I read this movie as ableist, but uh, I wouldn't have read (laughs) transphobia in it unless someone else had made that point and established that point. And I think it's so important Mm -hmm. to be able to look at something like this with a more holistic view and look outside of your own perspectives. And this... This article really helped me do that, and I feel like it's something I'll like keep mm-hmm. in the back of in back of mind for a long while. And that, like, being a natural person without surgery isn't doesn't make you automatically more of a person than anyone else. Exactly. That, like, yeah. if you are a transgender person who chooses to have surgery in order to fulfill the gender that you 
that you are, then you're not any more or less than someone who does or doesn't choose to have surgery. It also is revealing when you read this to, I mean, obviously we, you know, on paper understand this, but just to get a perspective on how deeply baked into the fabric of our capitalist society transphobia is. Um, It's just like, of course, we logically know that, but to get like a little slap in the face like this keeps me on my toes. And I'm appreciative of um, trans folks and, you know, non-gender conforming people that continue to do this emotional labor. It's, yeah, it's that, like, racism and just, like, with a light-skinned black person being our token character is baked into everything in our everyday lives and all of our media and all of our sources. So is transphobia. And so is, like, LGBTQ plus awareness. It's, I yeah, they ma- they're making gay jokes and they're, like haha maybe you and I will have sex two men you know it's like they should have had sex they probably wanted to have sex but Nick is in love with his sister so yeah I mean get it together Nick do you have anything else you feel like you need to say about this you know very Uh, loaded ugly people are bad movie (laughs) no I don't think so I mean, it's, and just remember it's to like check a romp. Under, it's fun. It is, I have a lot of fun watching this. But I think, like, we have to look at this movie and also say, like, ableism creeps into our lives every day. Um, like, even saying... Also... Oh, go ahead, madam. I was going to say the original... So, House of Wax has been... This is the this third is the light, iteration of... Light read make of um the vincent price version yes and vincent price is a remake of another version from the 1930s Mm -hmm. yeah um and so seems like we're that version don't you think (laughs) we are uh and so in that version there is the antagonist can't at some point he like loses the ability to move his arms and legs and is partially paralyzed and then it turns out that he's not paralyzed and he's just using it to dupe other people and murder people so it's like it has a history of ableism like from the 1930s to now that's so interesting thank you for upsetting doing any legwork that i don't do wikipedia research thank you wikipedia (laughs) well um happy birthday to me i hope you guys liked this happy birthday thank you i love you i hope you guys like this episode you can follow us on instagram at spooky succubus underscore cast uh, on our Instagram, you will find our link tree with all the stuffs. So you can listen to us on Apple and Spotify or wherever the heck you're listening to us now. And of course, our Patreon is uh, patreon.com slash spooky succubus cast. So maybe just like it's six bucks a month. We'll do whatever you want. We'll shave Rebecca's head, not mine. I'll shave <laughs> my head. Yeah, I'll get a tattoo. I'll do whatever do you want. Do it for me for my birthday, babies. Uh, and so next week we're going to do jennifer's body so i forgot we are gonna kick the patriarchy's ass even more we love you guys so much um get in touch dm us if you want to hear something because who knows what the fuck we're doing anymore i mean i don't know where i am or who i am so like if you want to listen to something specific we'll do it we don't tell me and i'll fucking do it yeah i don't give a shit i think that we should do non-scary movies for the 
for the Patreon. I think it would be me. totally fun. I think also doing a series would be fun. So if you guys have any yeah. feedback, let us know. Uh, be kind to yourselves and your bodies. Your body may have put some extra pounds on or whatever the fuck, but it's supporting you through trauma. Fatphobia is stupid. Fatphobia is bullshit. Like, I'm sure there's some in this movie that stupid. we missed. but um, I'm sure, yeah. We love you. We love our mini community. I looked on Spotify, and I think we might have like 40 listeners. Thank you, all 40 of you. I Please, oh, please, please, if you. you're out there and you're not a personal friend or family member of one of us, send us a DM. We'd love to talk to you. Let us know you're li- yeah. alive. <laughs> and if you want to hear something specific, I'll fucking do we'll it. We'll do it. I don't, yeah, like, we have it. I don't care. I'll do whatever we'll, you want. Like, we'll, Thank we'll you. We'll learn the, like, Santa Baby or whatever dance from Mean Girls. Um I like, really will. I'll we'll do, do it for anything. TikTok. Right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to use our traditional sign off, which is bye. Bye. Bye.